Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Hey everyone, I am here this week with Rob Hall. He's a three-gun competitive shooter, a pistol instructor, and he helps run the TAC-2 three-gun USPSA matches in Greenville, Tennessee. Uh, you've probably had him as an RL because that's what he does all the time. Uh, <laughs> Rob, how are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful, Kenzie. How are you? I'm good. Okay, we're going we're gonna to start this off with um, a bang, or shall we say a, uh, a DQ, because that's how we met. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> You know, I've having I've been having shooters share their DQ stories so we can have something to relate to, right? Um, but why don't you go ahead and share your first or your DQ there? I, I have to back up a little bit there because okay. technically when we first met was when I DQ'd you <laughs> at the same match. Start there. <laughs> so it was was it 2019? 2019. Three Nation Nationals down at Holt. The first stage of the match, your pistol came out of your holster, and I had to DQ you. Nine shots, guys. Nine shots with the shotgun. So excited for my first major and didn't even get to a second firearm. <laughs> yeah. And as, as an RO, <laughs> one of the worst feelings in the world is having to DQ somebody. Yeah, I know that a lot of ROs get a bad rep for DQing people, but truthfully, we don't like doing it. Uh-uh. No, I got a gun point at me when I had to DQ someone, so I think that was valid. Yeah. You saw a gun fly up in the air out of a holster onto the ground, at least unloaded, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was mine. So I guess it was, was it three stages later? <laughs> Something like that, because I stayed in ROs the whole day. We were on the long range stage, and the long range stage started with a rooftop that you shot out. To, I think I think we had it out to four hundred yards or something. Yeah, yeah. So I shoot the long range. I dump my rifle, grab my shotgun, and there's like an L <laughs> shooting area. And there was one spot that I had noticed earlier that you could run to, and you could hit all the clays without having to shoot them on the move. Mm-hmm and potentially miss one because of the way the barrels were set up. So I run to that position and I shoot and I finish and I go and I finish with the pistol. I'm back at my truck and I'm putting stuff in the truck and the match director comes over there and he goes, did you shoot all those clays from that one spot? I said, yeah. He said, you broke 180. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we went out there and looked at it and I was like, yeah, I was standing right here and Yep. That was, that was <laughs> yep. So I earned my first trip to DQ at Nationals. You know, and don't we love our freaking friends? Because what did they do at the end of the day? <laughs> Larry the Texan. <laughs> yeah, we, we had dinner at our favorite we spot. We have a and gift card. Gift cards for DQ. <laughs> I'm I was like, great. <laughs> Oh, Lord. I was fine. <laughs> Do what? I said, I had ice cream. I was happy. That was good. That was good. I still had five bucks left over, too, so I got to go yeah. another time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was that was your first. Was that your only so far? My only. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not do it again, shall we? <laughs> not, not recommended. Zero stars. <laughs> no. So, you've been, man, you've been competing in three on for, for a lot longer um what year did you start that and like you had the cool matches going on back in the day too so I got my start in competitive shooting back in 2015 cool um I started shooting steel challenge matches um I've known this guy for probably 25 years now he and I have done martial arts together for ages his dad taught us and you know and all this and he got me talked into going to shoot still challenge so i shot one match i was instantly hooked <laughs> it's addiction at first yep yeah so i shot still challenge for like a year got really you know really into that mm-hmm. 
then I started wanting to branch out and shoot some other things. So I shot a little bit of IDPA. Okay. I wasn't super enthralled with that. <laughs> no. Shot some USPSA, really enjoyed that. And Kevin and I were talking one day and he goes, what I really want to try is that three gun stuff, but man, that's expensive. I don't know that I can do that. I'm like, well, I've got a, you know, I've got a good job. I make decent money. Mm -hmm. So I started buying parts on the DL to build a rifle. <laughs> okay. So I built a rifle and made the same mistake a lot of first time, you know, entry level shooters made. Went and bought a JM Pro. <laughs> yeah. And then November of 2016, I shot my first three gun match. With that? With that shotgun? Yep. Okay. How'd that I go? Shot it with a JM Pro with the route of the AR that I built and with a Springfield XDM nine millimeter. Okay. All right. And had a blast. Mm -hmm. So another one of my good friends, uh, a lot of people out there, especially some of the Indiana guys will know him. His name's Kenny Stapleton. Um, he lives just a couple of miles down the road from me and he's been shooting forever. <laughs> and he was actually the RO and it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> I'm, like try, I'm not trying to put shells in this shotgun and the, the lift gate's not dropping and I can't figure out why. And finally he goes, close the bolt. <laughs> But it, it was stuff like that the entire match, but we had a blast. I was say to demo that, so you can't put shells in when the bolts are. It don't work. <laughs> that will unlock it. Solid. <laughs> oh, that's good. Now, to back up there just a little bit, if you've got one of the, the lightning loaders from MOA Precision, you can load like that. MOA, what, that was like the first company I found for shotgun work, and um he had like disappeared for a little bit right when i needed him <sighs> their work is phenomenal yeah yeah he he had some some yeah. issues he had to deal with but as far as i know he's back up and and doing his thing now so that's good he's good yeah good good people to have a shotgun work done for sure <laughs> but, yeah november 2016 was the first match that i shot and from that from then on out I was 100% free gun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you mentioned a good point. Um, yeah, the rich people in your life are going to be shooting three guns. <laughs> They're not all like that. I mean, you can bootstrap. You can show up what you got. Um, but it's a little bit, little bit more pricey. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, with me, so at the time, I was still a relatively new gun owner. Mm. All I had was two Springfield XDMs. I had a 45 and a 9 millimeter nine millimeter i bought to shoot steel challenge with oh okay that was the only two guns i owned so and you didn't have a oh you did have to have a holster for steel challenge mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so you were already set up okay with a rim fire you can yeah. start already but with the center fire you gotta go from the holster so you never even shot 22 like the whole purpose of steel challenge <laughs> nice until later on i, I bought a smith and west neiman p1522 yeah just to shoot with steel challenge and i still love to shoot that gun is that the one that also didn't run for me did you even shoot that one? I think so. <laughs> that little Ruger, Mar uh, little Ruger 2245. Uh, I have no idea. I don't remember if you shot the rifle or not. I have no idea anymore. <laughs> Guns don't work for it, me. It wouldn't surprise me if it didn't. I know. I, I've probably shot 30,000 rounds through that gun and never had a problem. You shoot it one time and it just falls. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was the last stage when I was shooting pistol. And I borrowed someone else's and it didn't run. And then I borrowed yours and I it was a mag issue and then I did a second mag and then I tried again and it's still I was like I'm out and then I'm a spectator. <laughs> <laughs> 22 matches in January are a dumb idea. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I digress. So yeah, 2016, you you went full throttle. When did you actually like start to RO matches? So it was probably. I mean, I did a little bit of like local RO and, you know, mm -hmm. everybody does when you're, you know, when you're, you know, at a club match, you kind of have to rotate out. Yeah. I kind of learned the ropes doing that. Uh, the first major that I RO'd was Three Gun Nation Southeast Regional at Frostproof. Okay. Okay. 2018. I think. Okay. Um, I had went the prior year up to Indiana to shoot one of the Indiana multi-gun series matches. 
because I got a lot of friends up there anyway, and I, I go hang out with them all the time. Well, that's where I met Tobin Babcock. Oh, was at that match, and he and I become you know pretty fast friends. <laughs> and he was in you know deep with Three Gun Nation. Yeah. So, you know, he he t- called me one day and asked me if I was interested in doing that. He said, you know, I, I feel like you would be good at it. You know, I don't trust a lot of people to do that <laughs> stuff, but I I do trust you. Yeah. So okay. So we did a, a Three Gun Nation RO class. Okay. And it was done online. Um, and after that, I went and ROed that match. Um, I ROed, and I started ROing all the time after that. Yeah. Why? Are you just masochist or, you know? <laughs> well, so, you know, like I said a minute ago, when I was talking about the local matches, these things are volunteer sports. You know, if we don't give back and we don't take the time to RO matches and help with setup or help with teardown or try to get people to come to the range, if we don't do these things, then the matches die 100%. and we lose our sport. Yeah. So it's, it's 100% out of love of the sport. You know, yes, you get to shoot the match for free, but I'm here to tell you, you're, you're better off, you know, if that's your, your motivation, you're better off just paying for the match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, what do you want to say to those, um, those shooters who at the very end of the match in the final stage just start disappearing? <laughs> oh, Folks, you got to reset. <laughs> I mean, it's one more stage. It's like one more stage. three more I minutes. I know yeah. you're beat. I've been there for three days. Mm-hmm. It kills me whenever I'm like the DFL, because I'm always DFL, and I would help anyways. But I would rather have my belt off and have and help the rest of the reset, right? Like you guys take your belt off and then just peace out. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> kills me. So that year, I ROed. Two three gun nation regionals, a national ROD area six and multi gun. And I want to say there was one more, but I don't remember what it was. Area six was still USPSA rules, though, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you had. Since I'm not a USPSA RO, I couldn't be a CRO. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, you know, running tablet and doing, doing that sort of thing. Yeah. And for those listening, um, the NROI or the National Range Officers Institute has their own credentials for USPSA ROs. So you can get an RO certification, CRO, Three Nation, like you said, had their own uh, credential system. So each, and, and it's a good thing, like each discipline, even like, what is it, UML or all these other ones are going to have their own rule sets. So important to know, I guess. <laughs> well, it is important to know, especially if you're going to compete, because especially, so three gunners, we're, I'm not going to say we're lax on safety, but we're not over the top like some of the others can be. Yeah. And there are certain rules, especially if you go from your normal three gun rule sets like UML or what the three gun nation rule set was, outlaw or that type of stuff, and you go to a USPSA multi gun match. <laughs> there are things that you would do 100% of the time at one of those other matches that will get you sent home 100% of the time at a USPSA multi-gun match. Like taking your belt off will get you sent home. You know, and I don't have my belt with me, but like, it's so nice because when you have ELS and you have like this fork attached to your belt, you could literally with the hood up, with your gun in it, fork it off and just set it aside. The gun's still in the holster. It's not doing anything wrong. We can't do that. <laughs> Three gun. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and those were things like when, when I RO a USPSA multi gun match, those are things that I drill into the head of people that come to the stage every single time. Because I don't want to send somebody home for something. I don't want to send somebody home for anything, but sometimes we have to. Yeah. I mean, and I think, and maybe this is just my personal opinion, but sometimes like, putting the fear of God into people to be afraid of a gun if it's outside of a holster or off the belt in a holster is not a good thing, right? I mean, we want people to respect firearms 100%. But if we're going to heighten the level of fear that people have, it just, it makes me more uncomfortable to touch my gun then. I don't know. Yeah, I can, I can set my pistol down on this table, loaded. And I promise you, it's not going to kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to jump up and just start, you know, randomly shooting. No, Mine would actually just sit there and break. <laughs> <laughs> I 
shut it down. The only thing you would hear is. <laughs> that would happen to me. That would happen to me. Oh my God. Oh, and speaking of which, okay. So division wise, so you have the JM Pro. Mm -hmm. You were in TAC Ops first, yep. right? <laughs> and then you moved into open. And then how much fun was that getting that shotgun to run? <laughs> so I've shot TAC Ops for years. Um, the only reason that I went to open in the first place was because of a guy named Kim Peters. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> uh, so Kim and I are big buddies. We've been friends forever now. And I, I picked him up from the airport for the, the last year of the Rockcastle program. Okay. And we roomed together and, and the entire weekend, he rode me. You need to shoot open. You need to shoot open. It's so much fun. You need to shoot open. So I, I started thinking about it. And then we signed up for that, the Microtech Pro-Am mm -hmm. that Donnie Flo did. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you need to shoot open so we can team up. <laughs> I thought about it. Like, all right. So um, the first thing I did was I called Adam Nielsen over at Atlas Gunworks mm -hmm. about getting a dot ready pistol. Yep. So I got that ball rolling. Um, and I talked to a buddy of mine who's a local shooter here. He just bought a distant arms shotgun. Heck so yeah. he had he had his R and R targets Sega 12, which is another box dead shotgun. So I asked him if I could borrow it. Like, Which yeah, one? Which one? The Sega. Oh, you should have asked for the dissident. <laughs> He's shooting his dissident. <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> so, um, so he gave me that gun. I ended up buying that gun. Nice. Um, but the first three locals that I shot in the open, I won two of them. Oh, nice. Um, another one of the local guys that used to be a match director here, you know, Steve Will, Steve Harmony. Yeah. We finished a match and he looked at me and he goes, <laughs> I think you were born to shoot open. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you ran, I mean, you ran the best pistol too. And that, I mean, shotgun changes the game. Shotguns where you lose all of the time. Yep. So yeah. yeah. Okay. And when you run competition shotguns, it doesn't matter if it's a two gun that you're running in tack ops or if it's a, you know, box-fed shotgun you're shooting in open or whatever, shotguns are the most finicky things in the world. Yeah. And sometimes they run, sometimes they don't, and nobody knows why. <laughs> <laughs> I still question that every day. They don't love me back. Yeah, I mean, some days it'll run 100%, no problems. Yeah. Other days, it won't run for anything. <laughs> and that's the reason... Then I ended up getting one of these little bad boys. There we go. Case gauger. Yes, yes, case gauge for my shotgun shells. So I case gauge every round I put in my magazine before I put it in the mag. Nice. Like when I'm in a stage loading the magazine, I case gauge them right there. Nice. And that, that was a trick that I picked up from Josh Fraley. Yeah, and for non-procrastinators, non you should do that before you leave for a match, and then it's easier. No. No? No. no. Oh, because it could change. Mm. okay okay temperature differences can cause the holes to be softer or, or expand that's and a pro tip put them in a cooler put them in a cooler yeah yeah i have yeah. seen guys do that it's, yeah it's gonna be over 80 degrees put them in a cooler yeah and that's pretty much every single outdoor match yeah, <laughs> that we it, shoot <laughs> yeah and i ran into that exact problem this past weekend at, at oak ridge e. and it was just it was just bunching at the ends of the holes yeah yeah that's fun Sometimes I could push it into battery. Sometimes I couldn't. <laughs> so, and it wasn't just my guns. I borrowed Jim's uh, dissonant, did the same thing. E yeah. It was, yeah. It was just the, the holes were expanding. <sighs> so yeah. annoying. So what do you love about the different divisions? Or do you ever miss TAC Ops? Or are you just done? I do. I do. I'm going to lie. I do. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm checked out on quad work. I would much rather just chuck that mag in and there I've got 20 rounds or 12 rounds or however big the mag is. Uh-huh. Sitting here and doing this. You know. <laughs> or this. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, funny story on that. So when I started, you know, I said I started in tack ops. I was shooting, I was loading um strong hand like that. 
Okay. You know, all the shotgun up on my shoulder and I would load them this way. So okay, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was at Fort Benning. Was it? It's 2018, I think. Okay. And I had just gotten a new shotgun. New tube fed. New tube fed. Yeah. Okay. And like literally I had got the gun like two weeks before this match. Mm, did we test it? We tested it, yeah. Okay. But okay. As you're well aware, <laughs> if when you take a gun and test it, it could run perfect. And as soon as you take it to a match, it's gonna crap. It smells the fear. It does, yeah. If, if a gun is going to fail, it will fail at a match. It will yep. never fail in practice. It'll always fail under under pressure. Yep. So apparently the first round of these that they imported there was an issue with one of the components in the in the um the firing firing control group mm -hmm. they call it the dog leg <laughs> and what it does is it causes the lifter to kick up ah well it was a it was a design that they had used overseas to prevent you from being able to ghost load guns because gotcha. yeah well it was causing issues here you would fire a few rounds and the lifter would lock up and lock the bolt back. <laughs> so they had a stage at Fort Benning that year. It was the John Wick stage. John Wick had just come out. <sighs> and it was so much fun. Like you started it with um, a, a pencil. It yes, actually, John Wick with a pencil. Yes. It's actually a ground state. But you okay. started with that and they had a, a dummy there <laughs> that you started with one round in your pistol. Mm -hmm. At the chest and that and you hit it and, and shot it and it fell back and then you had to go down and shoot the rest of the stage and the stage ended they had actually constructed an suv out of plywood and cool. you run up on top of that suv and you shot shotgun targets off off of the the hood of the suv <laughs> so i run up there and i start shooting and it locks back Ooh. so i stick my thumb in it and push the the, the lifter down and as soon as that lifter the bolt goes it, forward it sent the bolt home and the extractor caught me in the edge of the thumb and just run down the, my thumb mm -hmm. i had no idea mm -hmm. i've done that on the side of my thumb but not as bad oh my god when i finished and i unloaded showed clear the ro goes dude you're bleeding <laughs> like what and i look down and my there's just blood dripping off oh yeah Ew. all over my shotgun yep <laughs> but that was that was like we still had like three stages left in the match gotta finish yeah gotta finish and that was my strong hand that was the hand i loaded with <laughs> okay this is the story <laughs> yeah this is for this is how we're getting to this so <laughs> so in the middle of the match i go to my truck i flip my caddies around i, I loaded weak hand first time ever on the clock at a major don't do that, kiddos. Yeah, pro tip, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Jesus. It actually worked out really well. And I, ever since then, when I shoot tack ops, I always weaken them. Mm, okay. And, and teach your own, I mean, for sure. For me, yeah. I've got a massive barrel, massive tube. And yeah, like strong hand and, and it changed because it's so easy to DQ too when you're in jungle run and you're doing, yeah, we can. And, and the best pros out there, you know, they can do both and have their caddies set up to do both. <laughs> but yeah, I actually try to do... I remember my first time I'd been training for, from going from weekend to strong hand, train, train, training, dry fire, dry fire. I mean, I have dummy rounds, love shotgun. And the very first time of the pro-am, I immediately went and grabbed weekend and then, you know, they're opposite shell side. And I was like, cool. And then like dropped all four of those. <laughs> all four. And I was like, shit. And then I ran out of shotgun rounds. So I was like, well, that was the four I needed. So take more than you need and don't be an asshole. So that was me. <laughs> and I, and you hear me in the video, like saying like, oh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So that same year at Benning, we had an all shotgun stage. Okay. And the very end of the stage come down and you had a horizontal shooting area, you had to go to both sides of it. Okay. And on each side you had, um, I want to say there were seven knockovers and one flying clay. Cool. So I come to the, to the left side and I, I shoot bang, 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 shoot the clay and I flip over to load as I'm going to the other side and I see the plunger. 
Oof. I'm out of ammo. Mm -hmm. I have eight rounds on my belt for nine targets. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ten targets. Eight rounds for ten. Oh. So I load everything I've got in the tube, and I get to the other side, and I hit the popper in the clay, and I start shooting. I see one where I could get a double. So I got a double. I had one plate standing. I'm out of ammo. I'm standing here, and RO's telling me to unload show clear. I look down. There's a round on the ground. The guy before me jacked out and left. <laughs> Don't do this either, but go ahead. <laughs> so I reached down, grabbed it, dropped it, the gun, and shot the other target. <laughs> what if it had been a slug? There were no slugs on that stage. Okay, fine. But what if? <laughs> it was a calculated risk. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this is like the episode of what not to do. Honestly, <laughs> between both of us. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. So... Did you ever shoot the Fort Benning match when it had the boat? Yeah, that was the first year I shot it. That is what wanted me to shoot, or what made that, me want to shoot. for you. 2017. Yeah, and I'm pissed that I got in too late, so I did 2019. That was the second major I ever shot. That is the coolest major, probably, in the whole entire... And, that's the stage. And this is one of the things that I absolutely love about this sport. <laughs> my second match ever, one of my squad mates was Jerry Mishley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Name one other sport where you can go shoot with the pros. <laughs> I know. I know. And we, we, I've been interviewing other people on the other podcast and they're like, Jerry shot with me. Jerry's so cool. And it's like fanboy moment. I'm like, yeah, like it's legit. And seeing him shoot, seeing him do, by the way, the shotgun tubes, that's what you could do is yeah. <laughs> tube loading with the tube. What are those things called? Speed loaders. Just speed loaders. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. So your favorite match ever, what, would you say that was it or you have another favorite? I that probably was, yeah. That year, that year definitely. Yeah. Year over year, I don't know, but for no. just time off, that, that match was fantastic. It was so much fun. You know, that was the year they had the Star Wars stage where you shot long range off the speeder. Yeah. It's literally, I was watching those videos and I saw Derek getting shoot it, John Rasmussen shoot it, like all the HK guys. And I saw the boat and I was like, dude, like that, is, it just looks so cool. And I remember I would never do it probably, but the hard as hell Texas had it where you're like, oh, like trying to like shoot clays in the air. I'm like, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> but that looked fun. Um, what do you think was like the toughest match you've ever shot? Singling out one is hard. Yeah. So, I will I will blank this by saying any match that Bruce Davidson has his hands in. He's waiting for that. <laughs> if, he, if he's got his grimy little fingers in it, it's going to be a tough match. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, the, the Blue Line event's coming up. I don't know when this, this episode will air, but that's going to be a fun match. That's going to be my first Bruce match ever. Second weekend of June. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> I've seen videos, but it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> One of the funniest things I have ever heard from another RO <laughs> the first year we did the blue line match. Todd Manger. Don't know. Okay, so, oh, you, you will. Okay. <laughs> so we had a stage there that was called um, the North Hollywood Shootout. Okay. And it was based off of the actual North Hollywood shootout that happened. <laughs> the bank robbery. Yeah. So they actually, you had two, two steel targets that were basically man-sized targets to, to represent the, the shooters. Mm -hmm. at the top. And you had this area that was almost horseshoe-like. Okay. It was probably 100 yards long. Hmm. And Bruce had actually went online and found aerial photos of the actual bank where this happened and set the cars up. We had, I think there were nine cars. <laughs> Perfect were, location. Yeah. And they were set up just like they were the, the day of the, of the robbery. Oh my God. So when the RO shot it, originally Bruce has this bad tendency of um, overdoing it. <laughs> No, it's never. Almost, it's almost inevitable. Never. <laughs> that during the RO shoot, we'll have to reshoot at least one stage. Oh. Cut stuff out of it because nobody can make it through the stage. Before timing out, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So this was one of those stages. <laughs> so originally, so your rifle was staged off to the side. Your shotgun was slung. 
and your pistol was holstered. You started with your pistol and you had to pick two positions off of each card. Shoot. You had to go all the way around and then you had to empty your pistol, go to your shotgun and do the same thing with the shotgun coming back. Hmm. Then dump the shotgun and go to the rifle and do the same thing. Jesus. (laughs) So everybody was timing out. Oh, yeah. And when I came up to shoot, they were like, well, if anybody's going to make it through this, he's going to. (laughs) I didn't make it to the rifle. Ah. I made it to the last. I I was just finishing the shotgun to go to the rifle. And I timed out. It's like five minutes, right? Five minutes. And I'll never forget this. I was, I thought I was going to drop over. I mean, I was huffing and puffing and barely moving. When I timed out, I had to set my shotgun down and put my hands up and put my head on the side of one of those cars for me to catch my breath. And Todd Banker looks at me and he says, I saw your soul leave your body. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce comes over and we're talking about it. And he's like, this is a two-gun stage. Yep. Yeah. You think? You think? So he talks talks it over for a minute. He decides he's going to cut half the engagements up. So okay. instead of picking two positions off every car, you just have to do one position off every okay. car. Okay. Well, then he offers me the chance to reshoot it. Mm. I was like, Mm-mm. depends. Mm-hmm. When? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do I have to reshoot it right now? Because if that's, if that's the answer, no. No, I need <laughs> about a half hour. <laughs> he actually let me reshoot it the next day. Oh, that's awesome. So Awesome. Did he ever proof the stages? Or he lets ROs figure it out? Pretty much. I mean, he shoots with us, but you know, you got stage. Got it. No, oh, Bruce. So overall, what are your favorite type stages? Natural terrain. Hands oh, down. that was fast. You knew. <laughs> yeah. That, that's not even a question. I mean, base stuff can be fun. Yeah. But if I'm going to really shoot base stuff, I just want to shoot USPSA. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and I want to have a, a stage where it's all three guns, like yeah. the terrain. Yeah. yeah. Base stuff is, is, you, you get your best performance on base style stages with knowing your footwork really well, getting your, you know, getting all the technicalities down. Mm-hmm. Natural terrain stages are more about surviving. <laughs> I mean, there's some technicality and stuff to that too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's easy to run past targets or miss targets because some people like to really hide stuff. <laughs> overall, I feel like that natural terrain stages give you a, a more um, overall picture yeah. of a shooter because yeah. there, it's, it, there's so much more that you have to deal with. Yeah, and it's a lot going on. And I, I mean, I think it's a lot going on. Stages are usually longer. Yeah. yeah. I get mad when I go to three gun and I have the all pistol stage. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Oh, it's my worst or yeah i love the all shotgun stages um the one at pro am was fun i mean i did i did okay i finished it clean but it hurt <laughs> so here's here's my opinion on that and you know you can agree with me or not if you you know you can make it your own whatever um <laughs> if you go to a, a multi-gun match or a three-gun match if you have an all pistol stage then you need to have an all shotgun stage and you need to have an all rifle stage. Yep. Yeah, because it plays to people's strengths. Yeah. If you can't have all three of those, yeah, it's then not you fair. Don't have a single gun stage. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I agree. And I don't think I've ever, well, I did have the, the all rifle was the shoot house at Fort Benning. I remember that one. No, it had pistol in it. Shoot, it had pistol in it. But they did have an all rifle one where you had to open little doors and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I loved that shoot house. It, though, that it, typically, they do that at Benning. You'll have an all pistol stage, you'll have an all rifle stage, and you'll have an all shotgun stage. Yeah, and they made that all shotgun stage really freaking easy, won't you say? The 2019. 20, 20, 20, I, I don't remember. <laughs> oh my God. That's the one that had the the, oh, the thing that moved. So you shot. Oh, 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 the slugs off the swinging bridge. Yeah, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> what the hell it's just insane and then then the clay's off the swinging belt uh, the the what is it called pair double pair what is that called double pair as soon as you shoot one they launch the other oh uh a rapport thank you thank you yeah anyways i digress <laughs> um so shooting three gun there's a ton of gear 
ton, ton, ton of gear. Um, so thinking about, like you said, starting off with an XD, um, JM, whatever, what did, what did you run? Like, not just then, like running that back then, and then seeing it change over time, you know, did you get the fundamentals down with those first guns and then get to pick out like what you wanted? And did that change like your love of it a little bit more? Well, I mean, anytime that you get new gear, it's kind of that, that positive feedback. Yeah. Thing. You know, it's, you buy new gear, you get the dopamine release, you know, and you're all happy because you got new shiny gear. <laughs> um, I don't know that it makes you like it anymore. I mean, there's some guns, obviously, that you're going you're gonna to be more comfortable shooting. You're going to enjoy shooting more. Um, but, you know, like I tell everybody else, you don't have to have, you know, race gear to come out and shoot a match. You know, get what you got. If you don't have guns, come out anyway. Somebody will loan you guns. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, I mean, a lot of people find this daunting, but if you're listening, like, you don't know anybody, period. You don't need somebody to get in. I promise you, if you show up, we're going to want to equip you and give you all of the things. People yeah. will fight. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I shoot open now. Mm-hmm. I still almost all the time, I carry a tube fed shotgun and, and caddies with me. Yeah. Yeah. In case somebody wants to shoot. So I like the, I, I shot a super secret match and I love these rules where you could um, help out people. Like when something goes down, favorite freaking match. So I want to go to only those. Here's why. Cause I break everything except for pistol. But anyways, <laughs> the shotgun is not working. And I'm like getting really frustrated and I'm trying, I took my knife out and trying to get it off the lifter and it's just not working. I'm like, oh, all these shotgun shells. So I go to like dump it and then, oh, I can't remember his name. Greatest nice gentleman hands me the open shotgun because he was like next or coming up with the mag, the drum mag, drum mag. And I just went to town and I'm like, yes, didn't bump me to open. You know, it was like, hey, I'm already behind. Definitely was like the last one timed out of the whole stage, but I got to run, run something. So for there's those matches where, what are, what are they called? like helping matches or something like that uh, yeah uh, but the, the thing it has to be organic help you can't be staged. oh yeah it was not planned it was like on the back of his truck bed and we were yelling and he didn't even hear us yeah because the cheating part is like when people follow you with spare ammo <laughs> so, bruce is known for those kind of matches um a i've got a story about that too but, uh the first year that i shot rock hard which was the match that he used to do at Rock Castle. Mm-hmm. Hard as hell match. You know, same type of thing. Big, long, five-minute stages. You know, lots of targets to shoot. He had a stage. It was the first year we did it. It was called Traffic Jam. And this became kind of an icon stage. And you had four cars that were butted up against each other. Okay. So you started with your shotgun. And every time that you picked up a gun you had to flip a tractor tire <laughs> so mike dale is running the timer uh-huh and timer goes off so i run up and I'm, I'm shooting with all the michigan boys michigan mafia you know all those guys Love it. so i run up i grab that tire and i flip that tire and when i flip that tire the clasp on my chest rig broke mm. fell off mm. So all of my shotgun ammo has hit the ground. Oh, so I grabbed the shotgun. It's loaded with nine to start with because you had this weird array that he called beat the bird you had to shoot. Okay. So you shot two poppers with bird shot. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. You shot two poppers with buck, okay. two slugs at static steels, and then the, the birds that the poppers knocked out. And then you had one more knockover. So it was nine rounds and the gun was empty. Mm-hmm. Well, as I'm shooting that, I hear a voice behind me go, I got you. Josh Tarrant has grabbed my chest rig. Oh. He walks beside me the entire shotgun portion oh. with that chest rig on his arm like a butler. <laughs> do you have a video of this? I do. I do. And I'm reaching over and I'm grabbing shells. But there's one point I, I reach over to grab shells and he's got two in his hand like this i just kind of reached the gun over like that and he just pushed them again <laughs> that is awesome that's awesome but yeah those kind of matches are my favorite thing i love them yeah i didn't I, that was my first time shooting i was like why aren't all matches like this? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, those are so much fun. So, um, okay. With all of that gear, all that stuff, is there like one piece of gear or one tool that like you can't go to match without that? Oh yeah. Love. There we go. No one's had an instant answer for that yet. That was they're, they're legal in tack ops, they're legal in open. And why would you reload a shotgun or a rifle if you don't have to? 100%. No. 100%. And I finally gave it back to you, too. <laughs> you did. I, <laughs> I actually forgot you had it, to be honest. I forgot I had it. I was like, this is not mine. Thank God you had the sticker on it. Those are like 120 bucks now. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a quick answer. Um, what do you going back to the RO stuff? Um, what do you wish, or what is something that you wish that competitors knew about ROs? Well, I think I think we kind of touched on it a little while ago. ROs don't want to be keeping. Yeah, we don't want to give you a procedural. We don't want to yell at you for you know doing something that's you know possibly not safe. You know, but you know we have to do those things. Yeah. You know, if there's something about a stage that's dumb, we still have to do it. You know, the match director set it up, the range master set it up. We're just there enforcing their their decisions. Yeah. Um, for myself personally, I never want to see a shooter have a bad time on stage. Mm -mm. I want to see everybody that goes through my stage crush it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when I watch people stuff jam or not run i mean it doesn't matter who it is i we're all like uh, uh, and like you'll hear me if i'm filming you and something happens I'm like ah like i can't yeah it kills and you know you and you have to realize you know that we're out there you know two-day match we're out there from you know 7 a.m 6 30 something like that you know till the last cheer rolls through we're yeah. out there all day long and of course you know it's always a thousand degrees <laughs> and raining <laughs> yeah yeah or you know either or or both uh -huh. so you know yeah i mean it, it can be rough but yeah you know, i love doing it it's it's worth it it's a lot of fun um and i don't know how but somehow at the end of that too we find time to go eat and go drink and smoke a cigar and i mean i it takes me days to recover coming back from a major match oh, yeah. Yeah. so be nice to your ROs. they have a lot they have a rough time <laughs> <laughs> and most often we have to shoot the this, the whole match faster we we do a lot shittier honestly <laughs> i have yeah over the years i have figured out it's about 10 to 15 percent decrease in performance oh yeah yeah too much going on and and, and we're trying to hurt each other too and you're not focused on your game yeah yep, you shoot the whole thing in one day you don't really you don't get to focus on building your stage plans as much as you would otherwise yeah yeah it's good it's it's a community for sure um too small of a community um but yeah yeah it's a lot of fun uh so what is the dumbest dumbest thing you've ever seen a competitor do though <laughs> this was one of those situations where i had to dq the guy okay we roll back to blue line first year blue line mm -hmm. same stage that i that todd manker saw my soul leave my body on this guy decides that the way he's, so most people started like in the middle on one side mm -hmm. with a pistol and went all the way to the top. So they finished at the top. Nice. So they could holster and then go to a shotgun and move back. Well, this guy made some weird plan. And he started <laughs> at the very bottom and he was going to come all the way up and then back down. Okay. So, you know, I'm running the timer. He goes all the way to the top. When he goes to come back, he basically does a pirouette. <laughs> And the muzzle goes right across my line of sight. Like I can see the crown on the muzzle as it goes past. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. And he come back around to come up and shoot. And I, I stopped him. And I mean, so when you're running, when you're running a stage like that, it's super, super physical. And like I said, this one's about a hundred yards. It's all uphill. Yeah. So, you know, you're gassed. You're, you're, when you're sucking wind like that and, your heart's pumping and the, the adrenaline's dumped and all that. You start getting tunnel vision. Your brain doesn't start, doesn't work as fast as it normally does. And the guy never realized he did it. Uh, he comes up to shoot. I yell, stop. And he looks at me. He goes, what did I do? 
like, well, I can tell you're shooting, I can tell you you're shooting jacket and hollow point bullets because I saw it down the barrel. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, not not fun. No, it was not fun at all. Mm. And no. I, mean, I hated to do it again. I don't like to DQ people, but that's one of the situations where you have to. Yeah, I understood. He knew what he did, you know, and you know it was all good. There was no drama over it or anything like that. Yeah. And my, my least favorite thing, I mean, um, is like the wall stages and, and I love the walls that are like the see-through material, whatever, where you don't screw up the RO. Cause if it's like black, like <laughs> I've seen that black walls and you're going through and it, you don't know if they're going to back up or come back to a target or, I mean, it puts the ROs in a trap and, and, and match directors aren't the, like trying to do that. Um, and the other struggle too, is like when you have to be on someone's butt ROing like PCC or even like 22 matches, because you have to get real close to that muzzle, that shooter. Yeah it just is it's part of the game yeah and a common mistake that new ro's make is they feel like they have to be on top of the shooter with with the higher caliber stuff yeah absolutely not so i have found that regardless of whether it's a pcc or a 22 or whatever the only time that i have to be on top of you is your last shot at the end that's what i mean but yeah if they were coming back out of target and i didn't know about it right Uh, or yeah yeah. that's where i get worried (laughs) Like that's, ha- that's happened, but yeah. I mean, I, I see people all the time, especially at local matches. I've never, never really done it before. You know, they're right on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Beep them, get out of the way, hang out, pick up last shots. Yeah. Yep. And and watch the dang timer. So that's a pro tip. Is like if you're the RO and you're timing and you're you're looking at it. I I don't know. It wasn't you, was it? Was it Greg? He had like light loads, and then he would have these hot loads like while he was shooting. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would watch, and I'm like, eh, and then finally, like, a hot load pick it up. I'm like, thank God. I don't know what's happening, but that, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, you shoot USPSA a little bit, too, right? What all divisions have you shot? I, I, shoot, I shoot mostly local matches in USPSA. I don't really shoot a lot of majors. Yeah. So, I've shot limited. I've shot carry optics. I've shot open. I've shot PCC. Cool. What's your favorite? I've been kind of digging the carry optics thing, mm-hmm. but with the, the new rule changes, I don't know how much <laughs> that I'm going to continue to enjoy it mm. because you're back in a gear race again. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to go to open. Open major? Yeah. yeah. Open minor? <laughs> open minor is dumb. <laughs> no. Um, no, I've seen you do it. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. You're at a competitive disadvantage. Oh, God, I love it. That, that's one of the reasons that I like carry optics because you can still use a dot, but yeah. everybody's fine. Even scoring playing field. Yeah. Um, and you shoot a lot with your brother, your family. How much fun is that? Oh, it's fantastic. So <laughs> I'm the reason that he has this sickness. <laughs> No, Malin said the same thing. I'm like, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> so I've got two brothers. Um, both of them are quite a bit older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave just turned 55. He's the middle brother. You know, I turned 43 this year. He's 12 years older than I am. Yeah. So, and we were never really close. Mm-hmm. None of us, you know, between me and the other two because there was such an age gap. Yeah. We were never really close. Um when our dad passed away, then we kind of started getting close. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave and I started talking a lot more. And a couple of years ago, we decided that because my birthday falls right before July 4th, yeah. that, you know, we could get extra vacation time. You know, we could take a week off work and still only burn like three days of vacation time. Right. So we were going to go do stuff. So we went to Kentucky that year and did the bourbon trail. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was so much fun. And then we stopped at Rock Castle on the way back. That was when David Power was opening Cave Mountain Clays. Oh, cool. Love him. There. Yeah. And then we came back and there was a USPSA match at Tattoo that weekend over in Greenville. Mm-hmm. So we went to that. And it was the first time he'd ever been to a match. Uh-oh. He shot one of my pistols. And... <laughs> He had a fantastic time, <laughs> and he went home and just went buck wild. <laughs> bought guns, bought PCCs, bought you know all this stuff. Okay. And down there, you can shoot a match almost every day if you want to. Yeah, I mean we're we're getting that way. 
I mean, maybe not during the week. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So last year I went down there for my birthday and we did nothing but shoot guns, drink bourbon, and float in the pool and smoke cigars. <laughs> in seven days, we shot six matches. Oh, that's awesome. Are y'all both competitive or y'all? I mean, I know you, oh. you're, you're just like having fun, but do y'all have that competitive edge together? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> who beats yeah. who usually? <laughs> Most of the time he comes out on top by not much because he's shooting a PCC. It counts. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, unfair <laughs> divisions. Unfair yeah. divisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's come a long way. He's, he's turned into a really good shooter. He was yeah. solid last year. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, now I want to ask, I ask all the shooters this because I want to see if, you know, other people out there listening might identify with this, right? So we all come from different backgrounds. You would look at someone and you wouldn't really think of them as a shooter. So what do you do for a living? Like what's your everyday job? I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm the IT director. I'm sorry, IT manager for a medium sized company that's got offices in seven states. Um, so my day-to-day is managing data center infrastructure and database programming and you know things of that nature. So cool. So does everyone uh, at your office just think you're the, like the the security guy? Oh yeah. <laughs> Even before I started shooting, that was the case. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, before I went to work there, I ran a martial arts school. So. That's awesome. How important is it for people to maybe like have that hand-to-hand combat experience or something like that? I think everybody should have it. I mean, obviously, you know, to shoot matches, you don't need that kind of No, but I mean, for everyday life. I think, I think everybody should have at least a familiarity. Yeah. With some kind of self-defense. I like it. Um, for children, I think every child should take martial arts in some form. Uh, because it's, it's great. For, it's great character building. It's great, um, you know, self-confidence building it's wonderful so and i've seen a lot of beat up other little kids what you gotta beat up other little kids i mean i i can't tell you how many kids i saw come through my school that were different kids Mm -hmm. within you know six months you know the level of confidence that they built up and you know they became more outgoing and better health and you know all all of these things that that they just weren't before yeah yeah that's awesome everyone should do that young and old absolutely i need i need experience yep. everybody <laughs> um, should know how to punch people in the throat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um oh my goodness so i guess wrapping everything up and going back to all this shooting stuff um if you could tell yourself something to do early on in shooting when you were first getting started what would it have been Slow down and take a class from somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, that's, you know, it sounds basic, but I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many little things that you don't know that you don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're going to spend four or $500 on a good class. Yep. But you're going to get that investment back tenfold in knowledge that you didn't know that you didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and knowing where you're at on a shooting level too, right. I mean, there are some classes where you probably shouldn't take that if you're a beginner, get a little, get a little experience, maybe take a, a beginner course, intermediate, whatever. I mean, you saw the class I just signed up for in August with Travis Tomasi. He's about to kick my ass for sure. in the learning curve, because I, I've, I've taken a Joel Turner class. I'm going to take his, hopefully like, I want to take a JJ class and I want to take a Christian class one day. Like I want to do all the things because there's something to learn from everyone too. Yeah. And they're all on an elite level. They right. just, yeah. They all have different styles. Yeah. Yeah. And you can figure out what works for you. Cause we're not all the same too, but I'm so excited <laughs> to get educated. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's, that's a good point too, because when you first start shooting and you're, you know, you're taking your, you know, your basic pistol classes and, and that sort of thing, you know, you're taught that there's, you know, certain ways that you're supposed to stand and you're supposed to hold the gun. And in reality, it doesn't work that way. No. Mm-mm. I have seen people that hold a gun that by all of those rules, they're holding that gun wrong, <laughs> but they can outshoot anybody 
<laughs> yep. My, my buddy Jack always puts his uh, finger over the trigger guard, no pressure or anything to pull left or right. But I, it's so weird because you would think that that would, would do that. And, and I think Lena does too. Uh, Jerry used to do it. I don't know if he still does or not. Yeah. So we try and teach you the grip. The whole point, I think, on instructing though, is that we're trying to teach you to get as high up on the gun as possible, right? Like you can move your fingers around, but that's like where the gaps are in the back strap or, or even with both hands, you don't want them separate from the gun. But as, you know, as you learn, there's other places. Yeah. That's awesome. How many classes have you taken, Rob? Uh, I've taken two. Okay. What were they? Um, one, actually, both of them have been by my buddy Joe, Joe Farewell. Oh, okay, cool. I've taken his level two three gun course, mm -hmm. and I've done his dry fire course. And he's online? Actually, yeah. Okay. Well, the second one was online, yeah. And he's actually helped me with some other, so we did a, like a remote deal. Yeah. A couple of years ago, where I would send him match footage, and he would analyze that footage and say, okay, you need to do these drills because you're doing this. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So go get educated. That's that's actually something that I was going to ask you on the question. Like, you know, if you could recommend a class or something to do, yeah, go get education. Yeah. And the other important part of that too is you can take all the classes you want to. You can spend all the money on classes you want to spend. If you don't take the knowledge that you get from those classes and bring it back and actually practice it, you've wasted your money and your time. <laughs> do you see what my friend wrote on my my status? Uh -uh. She goes, maybe you'll actually retain that information and apply it and, uh, and continue to use it. Cause she took his class and didn't do it. <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I say the same thing in shooting that I always told people in martial arts. There's three secrets to success. Practice, practice, and practice. Dang it. I know nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> I was having one of those change like consistency and I don't know <laughs> something else. Yep, yep. So cool. Um, any final nuggets that you want to leave people with? Like you know, just like we said before, you know, if you've never shot a match before, don't let it scare you. You know, come out. You know, people are super friendly. This is one of those sports that tends to weed out bad apples. Yeah. They don't. They don't tend to stick around a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just just come on out, tell everybody it's your first time out, and people will help you. 100%. So don't be afraid of it. Love it. So how do people find you on social media and connect with you if they have questions or want to reach out? So uh, you can find me on Facebook at Rob Hall. Um, my Instagram handle is Rob Hall Shooting, and my YouTube channel. So... <laughs> When I started the YouTube channel it was years ago before I ever started shooting. So okay. the handle's a little weird. Um, it's Hwafist01. You're going to have to spell that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. H-U-A-F-I-S-T-01. It was, it was a martial arts name. I was figuring it was that. Cool. Awesome. I love it. Um, do you have any shout outs for your sponsors, gear, guns, or anything like that? Oh, I do because without them, you know, I couldn't do a lot of the things that I do. Yeah. Um, of course, Adam over at Atlas Gunworks, he helps me out a ton. Um, JP Enterprises, you know, they build fantastic rifles. Uh, Vortex helps me a ton. Um, Spark Munitions, you know, this year, ammo is hard to find. And they have been doing a fantastic job of keeping ammo for people to get. Still yes. pricey, but I mean, it's there. Yeah. Um, Brass Monkey Bullets is one of my newest ones. Cool. Uh, Jason Pratt out of Kingsport here. He hooks me up on bullets. And he hand, hand makes those coats, those or whatever, right? He does. Yep, he does. He casts and coats in the house. Cool. Um, Wicked Fast. Um, they import the easy load caddies. Mark Tokasik, great guy. Uh, RO's lots of matches. Um, match directs some matches in Indiana. Great for the sport. Um, if you're a TAC Ops person looking for caddies, reach out to Mark. He, he got the best on the market. And of course, Red Hill Tactical. You know, they help me with holsters and whatnot. Awesome. You know, those guys are the guys that keep me shooting. I can't thank them enough. 
Love it. Love it. Rob, thanks for all you do for the sport. Um, thanks for helping me with all of my shit show. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been awesome. Um, like you said, tack two, we've got Orsa gun club up in Tennessee, reach out to me, Rob, and we will get you set up. <laughs> Come shoot. <Absolutely. laughs> oh man. Rob, thanks for being on, on the podcast. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gun Kenzie.